Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, December 22nd. It is six minutes after 10. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob has the day off and Guy Relford is sitting in today. So did you watch it? Did you watch Zelensky talking to Congress last night on TV? I did not watch it live. I saw a lot of uh, uh, the excerpts on uh, the news. I watched the national news uh, mm-hmm. when I got home. It was a, a, a big day yesterday with the Greenwood announcement and everything, and I did a lot of media. But yeah, I watched a lot of the excerpts on the national news. So Ukraine's president made a visit to Washington. It was his first trip outside of Ukraine since the Russian invasion began back in February. He met with President Biden at the White House. He later addressed Congress. Uh, Congress is set to vote on a $45 billion bill aid it's it's not a bill unless you want to call it part of the omnibus bill it's all part of the 1.7 trillion dollar 4,155 page bill and it's a really interesting timing we were talking about this earlier that um, if you are to vote no on this omnibus bill omnibus bill does that mean that you're not for liberty and freedom no, yeah, it's exactly. kind of like getting pressured into it, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you gotta you gotta buy the whole ball of wax, one point seven trillion, including all the ridiculous things that you went through yesterday, Casey, uh, in terms of some of the ridiculous spending in here. By the way, inclu- including uh, money to to control the borders in places like what Egypt uh, and and otherwise, and uh, but 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 not for controlling our border. But you got to buy into all that and some and some of that ridiculous spending. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're turning your back. Back on Russian aggression. You're talking about the $410 million going towards border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, and Oman. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yep. see, but, I, see, I do listen to you on the radio. I didn't say, you, you <laughs> noticed, I didn't mention anything about Texas or Arizona yeah, right. or Florida yeah. or anything in this country. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the things in that omnibus bill. Um, lots of other stuff. But 45 $45 million, billion, trillion. Where are we at at this? I mean, it's just so much money. And Zelensky, of course, made this trip to beg, ask, please keep sending this money. We need it. We want it because their borders need to be secure. Um, and he went out, he said, this money is not charity. Well, it's a lot of money and it's really risky. Thank you very much. Thank you for both financial packages you have already provided us with and the ones you may be willing to decide on. Your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. That was one of his 18 standing ovations that he got during his speech. He was greeted as a hero. He made a a Putin pun during his speech. And make no mistake, he was talking not only to us, to Congress, to his own Ukrainian people, but he was probably sending a message to Putin as well with a look at me. I'm here in the United States behind the American flag talking to their Congress and they're going to give me more money. Yeah, exactly. And, and listen, in, in some of, of my comments, I, I don't want people to think that, for instance, that I don't support Ukraine 
uh, in the war with Russia, mm-hmm. because I do. Um, but I think our conversation, Casey, and, and I'm hearing you saying the same thing, um, which is we shouldn't just be writing blank checks. It's the accountability. It's the accountability mm-hmm. and it's the return on investment. Mm-hmm. Because, because and, and, and he addressed that. You know, we, you and I made that point in the first segment. And Zelensky, in his comments, said it's not charity, it's an investment. Okay, I still want to hear more, more clarity and more detail on what does that return on investment look like for the American people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I, I learned something as a, as a very young lawyer one time. I, I wrote this memo that some partner in a law firm had asked me to write, and I, I wanted it to be perfect, so I spent a lot of time on it. And I wrote down all my billable hours, and it came out that this memo would have cost the client like $5,000 for me to write this thing. But I was all proud of it because it was a really nice piece of work. And I took it in and gave it to the partner. And, and, and he said, oh, this is awesome. This is really good. But then he saw my timesheets. And he came in my office a little later. And he said, <laughs> if you were our client. Wait a minute. Yeah, he goes, if you were our client, would you write this firm a check for $5,000 for this memo? It's a great memo. Don't get me wrong. I, you did a nice job on it. Would you write a check for this piece of work product right here? Would that be worth $5,000 to you as the client? And, and and ever since that, and, and it was a rhetorical question because mm-hmm. the answer was no. Right. But but ever since that, that 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 partner had that conversation with me, I think in those terms all the time. And I wish our government, I wish our our, our government thought in those terms in the sense of if you're an American taxpayer, mm-hmm. are you happy with your money buying this particular thing in this amount, mm-hmm. right? And 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 unfortunately, our, our elected officials just don't simply think in those terms. They just don't. It's it's like it's free money. They print it. They send it wherever they want print to, it. and there's, there's the no key. accountability. Yeah, printed printed money, and well, and Mitch McConnell said this is our number one priority over everything else right and then you got one another country is the number one priority in our country yeah so um ukraine hasn't always been a bastion of democracy and freedom um it doesn't mean they deserve to be invaded no but uh, Zelensky had more to say let's listen we already built strong Ukraine with strong people, strong army, strong institutions together with you. We developed strong security guarantees for our country and for entire Europe and the world together with you. And also together with you, we'll put in place everyone who uh, will find freedom. Mm-hmm. Put in. Yeah. Okay. All right. Comedy you have to point out. You know what? Uh, if, if somebody called upon me to make a funny pun in uh, Ukrainian. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Might be difficult. You might and, have and, a hard and, time and, coming and, up with and something. And by the way, yeah, on social media, somebody please uh, correct me on what exact language they do speak in Ukraine. I, I, I'm sure that I actually don't know now that I throw out Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but hey, he's, he's in there. He's, at least he's trying to address us in, in English. I, I give him props for that, even though uh, it's not necessarily a great mm-hmm. pun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. He's he's doing it for his country. Well, we hope, we think he's doing it for the people in his country, mm-hmm. um, being a, a wartime leader. But, you know, he says the struggle's going to define the world for generations. For generations. And the only thing that keeps coming to my mind when I, when I heard him say that is that we've got Biden in charge, you know? Look at the state of our economy, all of his spending, his attacks on oil and gas, inflation, the Inflation Reduction Act, this terrible hostage policy, the student loan forgiveness that's illegal, the Hunter Biden laptop cover-up, botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, you know, it's... That's the guy that we have in charge here. The battle continues, and we have to defeat the Kremlin on the battlefield. Yes. This battle is not only for the territory, for this or 
and other parts of Europe. The battle is not only for life, freedom and security of Ukrainians or any other nation which Russia attempts to conquer. This struggle will define in what world our children and grandchildren will live and then their children and grandchildren. It will define whether it will be a democracy of Ukrainians and for Americans for all. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, and, and, and I don't want to say that there's no legitimacy to this. And, and, and should a, uh, in, any country and, and its citizens be allowed to live free and, 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 and free of, of, of repression? Uh, absolutely. And free of foreign invasion? And, and should any country be able to allow, uh, should be able, allowed to invade and conquer an, another country? No. But you always have to ask yourself the, the question, separate and apart from how we feel about those events, what should America America's role be, mm-hmm. and what should America's investment be? Right, the and investment. that's where the return on investment has mm-hmm. to be made clear to the American taxpayer. Because even though they're printing the money, it's got to be paid back at some point. It's not being made clear. Yes, because the end game is not being made clear. Exactly. Where does this go? How does it end? Billions to Ukraine. We're paying for it, and he's saying it's for global security. Well, heck, do we even have security in our own country? At this point, global security. How about our border? And I, I know that you know that that's what we go back to. But we're spending all of this money for someone else. And is it our fair share, or is it way more than our fair share? What's the percentage of you know other NATO countries? What are they kicking in? Exactly. Why is this all falling on our shoulders? Well, earlier in the day, beside a nice warm fire, Biden told Zelensky that the U.S. will stand by him as long as it takes, whatever it is. And then he shared with him the highest honor in all of the country. Yes, that he was Time Magazine's Man of the Year. And I'm questioning if Zelensky's nervous at all. Because he's saying, we'll stand by you as long as it takes. Just like Biden didn't stand by Afghanistan. Kremlin, and uh, we'll support Ukraine pursuing a just peace. President Zelensky, the United States stands with the brave people in Ukraine. We stand with you and a great leader. And by the way, we have a famous thing that occurs once a year. We pick the man of the year in Time magazine. You are the man of the year. In, this, in the United States of America. It's a welcome. We have a lot to talk about. And the floor is yours. Thanks so much. So at the uh, close of his speech, he quoted FDR, and then he gifted a battle flag, and Nancy Pelosi and him were blowing kisses back and forth to one another. It is 60 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Bells will be ringing. It is 20 minutes after 10. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob has the day off. Guy Ralford's in the studio this morning. And our producer is a little (laughs) thirsty this morning. You got a fire to put out, Kevin? What's going on? Yeah, I had a couple uh, mixed drinks last night. What were you drinking? Uh, I was drinking gin, and uh, it was mixed with sweet vermouth mm-hmm. and a little bit of bitter. Mm-hmm. Was it good? And, yeah, it was very Apparently. good, but they were very uh, strong. Uh-huh. And uh, I, yeah, I played drums. and. So you didn't go out last night. You were just... No, I was just by myself, 
you know, having fun. Guy, do you want to give him some advice? Uh, uh, hydrate, man. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's all it's all about it's all about hydration. Little aspirin and uh, hydration. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I've spoken from years and years of experience. Now I'm not a gin drinker, um, but and you know what you just described. A lot of people called martinis for a lot of years. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. now now everybody puts vodka in martinis. Mm-hmm. But man, growing up for me, well, it's just really a, a martinis, gin, and vermouth. But um, but yeah, yeah. It's all about hydration and a little bit of aspirin, man. Yeah, I think that's some sound advice. I also <laughs> forgot that I had a uh, Guinness as well. Oh, you were mixing. Yeah. Oh, so you were mixing. That's where the yeah, problem is. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the problem. So what's the yeah. deal? You were you like it's a short week this week for us. So last night felt like Friday for you. Huh? Yeah, it was Rob's last day of the year, mm-hmm. and we celebrated with a lunch, <laughs> and it just felt like Friday. So and you I just felt like, like you had to keep going, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, speaking of that, if Hammer and Nigel were sitting here right now uh-huh. and they heard this story, you yeah. know what their advice would be? What? Keep drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hair of the dog. Hair of the helps. dog. Yeah. That actually does work. Well, um, Kevin, thank you for showing up today. We really do appreciate oh, that. No problem. Uh, there's the story that I wanted to share about the uh, American job seekers. The salary expectations have hit a record high. And this is uh, this new poll revealing that the New York Federal Reserve Bank found that the lowest average annual pay someone is willing to accept from a new employer was $73,667. That seems really high to me. Well, it seems really high to us because we work in radio. <laughs> but, to other people, that seems normal or possibly even low, huh? Well, but no, I, it seems very high to me, Casey. And, and part of that, though, see, is is age. I mean, I'm I'm old. I'm a lot older than you. Uh, I'm I'm the next generation. Um, in fact, I'm coming up on 40 years practicing law. You believe that? Wow. And uh, congratulations. The whole thing. 20 2023 it'll it'll be 40 years I've been practicing law. And, uh, and and look, obviously inflation plays a huge role in this and and uh, 1983 numbers bear very little resemblance to today's numbers. But mm-hmm. you know my starting salary was my first year out of law school as a lawyer. And by the way, I was thrilled. I'd been so broke for so long trying to get through law school. Um, and my opening set my starting salary for a good size law firm in downtown indianapolis and this was 40 years ago this i'm gonna, I'm gonna take a guess 1983 26 000. you $27,500 right, not you, bad you nailed it and it, but i got a $2,500 starting bonus uh-huh. so i was gonna make 30 thousand dollars and you thought you were rolling in the money didn't i didn't you? know what i was going to do with all that money mm-hmm. i mean it was compared to, to how incredibly broke i was all through school um yeah and and it seemed like a ton but yeah I, even with the effects of inflation seventy four thousand, and even in mm-hmm. 2022 seems like a really lo- uh, high amount and and i gotta tell you what my first thought was and yeah. again maybe it's because i spend so much time with cops and i train so much with cops but we've seen a bunch of of advertisements lately like they're looking for uh, correctional officers in Marion County right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenwood has open enrollment right now, and I see some of those. those oh, and I'm not talking about Greenwood Police specifically, but I see some of the law enforcement officers out there. Out there and, and man, we got to get those salaries up because the, 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 the people are out there uh, defending us, like the correctional officers. Uh, I saw an ad. It says starting somewhere in the 50s, and I'm going, man, if it takes 74 to get quality candidates in some mm-hmm. of these jobs that you, we're, we're, that, as you just off. mentioned, yeah. we, we got to do a lot better, better job of paying our law enforcement officers. That's the very first thought I saw when I saw that number. Yeah, well, and that's one of those things that uh, Eric Doden, the guy who's running for governor, said that he wants to give uh, 
you know, uh, with income tax for teachers. Well, what about teachers? I put teachers right in there too. Well, what about the police? Like you just mentioned. Yeah, good point. But guy, I will, I will see your 27,000 at (laughs) at 40 years in in law and I will raise you starting disc jockey full-time salary 30 years ago. I came in making the big bucks. You want to take a guess? Eighteen thousand five hundred. Oh, fourteen five. <laughs> fourteen five. I mean, you. Was, wait a minute. Thirty years ago, you're not that old. Yeah, it was thirty years ago. But the average salary right now, people are actually getting. They're they're wanting seventy three thousand. Yeah. Wow. They're actually getting. 60,000. Yes. So not not getting the whole thing. Okay, another thing that I wanted to talk with you about is this new trend in toys. Two things that are keeping the toy story afloat right now. One of them is a group known as Kidults. Okay, so these are kids at heart, and they're responsible uh, for one-fourth of all toy sales, which is about $9 billion worth. And Adults who are buying toys are the biggest driver of the growth in the industry. I don't know. They define adults as 12 and up. But they're saying that, you know, in in 2020, during the pandemic, toy sales went really high. Board games, puzzles, play sets, all of that. And then it started to decline 3%. But the higher toy prices jumped up, so it kind of offset. And my toys have always aged with me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like motorcycles and boats, <laughs> adult toys. Uh, well, but, now, well, when we're talking about toys here. Now, no, they mean cause, actual cause you, toys. Okay, I was going to say, because you and I are both Harley riders, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, and I, and I, I, like, I like fast cars. I like, I like Harley Davidsons. I consider those my toys. Yes. Well, that's not what we're talking about in this story, No, no, though, we right? are talking about actual toys. And this was a trend that started in the 70s and 80s when the toy business began to shift away from being... Uh, what, what's the next best toy, you know, innovative? And instead, they started to license toys based on movies and TV shows, especially like 1977, Star Wars, right? And now all of those toys are being bought by adults who are wanting that nostalgic feeling of their youth. Yeah, but, you know, you know, this all kind of fits together, you know, because we, we host... Uh like Gen Con every year, right? Mm-hmm. And you know who are the people walking around in, in dressed up like cartoon characters yeah. down in downtown India? And, and God bless them. I'm glad they're here. I'm glad they come here and spend their money. I'm glad they have something they enjoy. Looks to be safe and healthy and and good for them. I'm not being negative in any way. But these are grown ups doing this stuff. Yep. Um, you know our own Abdul Hakim Shabazz here. He collects comic books. Yeah, and, and the not just comic books, but but collectibles from mm-hmm. Star Wars movies, I think, or yep. something along those lines. And so it all kind of fits together. I mean, yep. I, there there are folks who, who still like and enjoy some of the things they may have enjoyed when they were kids, and if they get pleasure from that, God bless them. I I, I I'm not that guy. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, if if it, if it doesn't run on gas or or, or explode gunpowder, it's probably not going to make it on my toilet. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is 10:27. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. That's Guy Ralford. And coming up uh, two days ago, I had an opportunity to sit down with Jeff Smolian, who is the CEO of Emmis Communications and uh, used to be the owner of WIBC. And he wrote a book recently called Never Ride a Roller Coaster Up 
upside down. And uh, we've got two segments. This is a two-parter. First part, we're going to talk about the book. And then the second part of the interview, which will air next hour, I actually got a chance to ask him about how he feels about Jimmersey and Elon Musk and uh, where things are right now with media and government. So part one of the conversation with Jeff Smolian is coming up next from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I was gambling in Havana I took a little risk Good morning. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And joining me is CEO of Emma's Communications. It is Jeff Smullyan. Thanks for coming in today. I am delighted to be here, Casey. I worked for you for about six months. Yep, I know it's not that long. <laughs> not no, not that long. That um, long. Um, so I wanted to talk with you about the new book that you have out, and it's called Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down. Right. And it's a 299-page book, part business manual, part memoir. The book is about your life, your victories, uh, what you call bitter failures, and some of your adventures. Adventures. Yeah, the book was written at the behest sort of my daughter. I would drive my daughter to school every day from kindergarten uh, until she fired me when she got her driver's license. <laughs> and we just talk about life. Um, yeah. And I'm sort of a big lesson guy. And so I say, here's what I learned here. Here's what I learned there. And one day she said, Dad, you got to write this down. Nobody ever believed these stories. Mm-hmm. So uh, when COVID came, I just started writing and sent it to a couple friends. And they said, you know, you really got a book here. Mm-hmm. Um, very gratifying. We ended up getting an agent, uh, got a publisher, and um, it's just been a lot of fun. Okay, so in the book, yep. you seem to be influenced by your mother, right? including your usage of her adage that you've used throughout your life. In life, you just have to laugh. Right. Is that what you want people to get out of the book? Yeah, I think the, the book hopefully will provide some interesting stories, uh, hopefully funny stories. I think the most gratifying thing is people said I laughed out loud a number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the lessons that I've learned. Um, I try to tell a story and say, here's what I learned from this experience. And uh, But at the end of the day, I think we've always said, um, in life, you just have to laugh. Yeah. Now, you mentioned your daughter, and right. she's the one who recommended that you write the book. Right. So I wanted to ask you, based on the fact that it was your daughter who recommended that you write the book right. and that you repeat quotes from your mother, right. what do you think your life would have been like without the women who were in it? Um, that's a great question. I have two two daughters. Mm-hmm. I love them dearly. I have a wife I love dearly. Um, I think I learned how to take direction by having the women in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually listen um, and do what they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody should take this advice from Jeff Simoleon. He's in the studio and we're talking about the book, Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, and it's available right now. Now, you mentioned that life is never a straight line. Right. So what have you learned from your, quote, bitter failures? Well, I've always said you learn the great lessons of life and adversity. Um, And I think 
I've always heard the phrase, life's a roller coaster. I think some of the crazy stuff I've done meant that I was doing it upside down. <laughs> um, but what I've learned is that you, you learn the great lessons of life in adversity. Um, when I was a kid, when I was younger, uh, I thought life was a straight line up, and you went from success to success to success, and that's really not true. Yeah. Uh, but I've been very fortunate. I've had an, an incredible career. Uh, made some wonderful friends, uh, done some cool things, and uh, and I think the most important thing is, you know, when you're down, uh, don't quit. Yeah, just keep going. Keep going. Uh, take the lessons that you learn from the failures and reapply them. Absolutely right. Okay, so the book has gotten rave reviews. David Letterman, also Andrew Luck. Yeah. Uh, they both give you five stars on it. Some of the chapters are called The Fine Line Between Idiot and Genius. Right. The Search for Shiny New Objects. How to Fix a Television or Not. Rising from the Ashes, the first time. And my favorite chapter was Best of Times, Worst of Times, right. which could almost describe what we're all living through right now. Yep. Um, and this chapter goes on to tell the story about how you set up a radio station in Hungary. So right. I was hoping that you could tell our listeners about being the first victim of Victor Orban and his regime right. and what you learned from that experience. Well, I was a U.S. ambassador uh, mm-hmm. to the International Telecommunications Union in, in 1994. Um, and at part of that process, I met people all over the world, and we found that they were really following the American model of, of broadcasting in Eastern Europe after the fall of the Soviet Empire. So we were we were a bidder for the one of the two national licenses in Hungary. We got it. Against um, the heir t- to the Estee Lauder fortune. Yeah, well, well, you know, he actually bid on TV and didn't get it, um, and it caused some controversy. We got, um, we got one of the two national radio licenses, and we put a network on called Schlager, which meant hit radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny. When we were doing the research, um, we kept coming back, play the, the people, one of the hits of the 60s and 70s, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Motown. Mm-hmm. And we said, I'll never forget, I said, you got to research that again because that music was banned here. Mm-hmm. And it came back and people said it was banned, but they they got a hold of it. And because it had been banned in the Soviet era, it mattered more to people. And so we put on Schlager. It was a monumental success. Um, one of the biggest en- enterprises MS ever had. Uh, in a country of 10 million people, I think it had four and a half million listeners a week. Wow. I'll never forget meeting with the prime minister. And he said, I listen to your morning show every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really a wonderful success. And then what happened was uh, a new regime, actually at the very beginning of Orban's takeover of the government. And he basically just changed the regulations, threw out all the rules, put in his own people. Um, when we first heard that they were going to, they made us an offer and said, we want half your business um, and editorial control, we thought they were kidding. Uh, and then we found out they were doing it to both us and the other national license, which at that time was owned by an Austrian company. I'll never forget, I had a good friend, Bill Kennard, who had been chairman of the Federal Communications Commission mm-hmm. before, so I knew Bill. And Bill was the U.S. ambassador uh, to the European Union in Brussels. And I called Bill, and I said, Bill, we're being nationalized. And he said, Jeff, you can't be nationalized. They're a member of the European Union. I said, Bill, trust me, we're being nationalized. Um, and they said, no, no, no. He, you don't understand. 
you can't be. They're a member of the European Union. They have to follow the rules and regulations. And I said, Bill, I'm telling you. And about a week later, he called me and he said, you know, Bill, or you know, Jeff, um, uh, you're being nationalized. And I said, yeah, Bill, no, <laughs> That's what I told no you. kidding, Bill. No kidding. I know. So it was a bizarre experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we litigated it in the courts. We won at several levels, lost at one other level. Um, I, interestingly enough, called Viktor Orban Putin without oil. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of kiddingly, uh, I didn't know until many years later that Putin actually um, sort of orchestrated Orban's rise to power. I never knew all that at the time. Since then, he's become sort of an international scoundrel, um, and they have been at war with the European Union forever. Uh, he nationalized the, the courts and the banking system and the rest of media. We were the first, we were his first case. So you mentioned the music that you played, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones and Motown and how that music was banned in Hungary. Yep. I have to imagine that that was kind of like the sound of freedom. It was. It was absolutely the sound of freedom. I'll never forget, I talked to somebody there once and I said, what was, what was it like? He said, the most interesting thing, and I never forgot this, he said, when we were under communist regime, we looked at everything in the West as perfect. He said, the streets were paved with gold. Everybody was healthy. Life was perfect. Mm-hmm. He said, when freedom came, he said, you can't imagine how great it was. But we also realized people still got sick and died. Mm. You know, businesses failed and not. And, and, and he said, it was, it was fascinating. We idealized life so much in the West that nothing could match our expectations. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, he said, once, once the country was liberated, it was totally different. After going through that experience of giving listeners in Hungary a sound of freedom and then the radio station being nationalized, did that change your approach to broadcasting in America? Not really. Um, You know, I think their approach, we thought, we invested because we were convinced that they were going to follow the American model Mm -hmm. and the American system of transparency and regulations. If you you behave in the United States, you keep your license, you have certain standards. In Hungary, we had met those standards, Mm -hmm. and then they just throughout all the rules but i think you know we we've all we, we always tried to be the kind of broadcasters that were involved in our communities and never really you know, there are very few licenses taken away in the united states and yeah. we certainly never had any you know any problems well you clearly have a sterling reputation among thank the you. industry here thank you. Thank it's you. jeff simoleon who's joining us we're talking about his new book never ride a roller coaster upside down and uh can you stick around because i have some more questions for you based I, on your tremendous life experience uh, they may not resonate about the book, but I think it will be of interest to our listeners. I'd be delighted to. All right. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, 1047. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Guy Relford is filling in for Rob today, who has the day off, but he'll be calling in later uh, yeah. this afternoon to your show, right, Nigel? Yes, for Off the Rails, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we'll be talking somewhat about his, um, well, he had a big personal announcement yesterday. I was ha- hanging out in the side studio with the door cracked open, and mm-hmm. I kind of just heard it on the just a little bit, and what I, what I heard, I was like... 
my mouth dropped to the floor when yeah. I when I heard it. So you, we, you were surprised by the news. We were. I was surprised by the news, and we won't. We don't have to talk about it right now. But we, I, I definitely want to get the the skinny on that. Yeah. Uh, when Rob calls in at about five thirty today, in the middle of our winter storm coverage. <laughs> hey, by the way, just yeah. is Jeff Smolian coming back in here at some point? Yeah. Uh, uh, next hour. Great. I, we're going to hear from him next hour. I was listening to him. You were talking to him about his new book. Mm-hmm. You, got, you got the interview. I got the interview. You scored the interview for yeah. Jeff's new book. Now, I, I know we don't work for Jeff anymore, but I've known him since, I mean, I've been employed since 2002. Mm-hmm. Are you, almost 20 years I've known Jeff. Are you bitter that I got to interview uh, yeah, him? Yeah, because I love the guy. I, I worked for him for about six months, yeah. and then they sold the radio station. Can I tell you my Jeff Smolian story? Yeah. Please. He, I was speaking at a continuing legal education uh, conference uh, for the Indianapolis Legal Aid Society uh, last year, and uh, Jeff got invited in to speak at it, too, and it was about lawyers and media mm-hmm. uh, was his presentation. So he spoke, and there was a break after he spoke and he's walking out and so since i was on break too i, I caught up after him because i'd never met him and i, and I, I kind of rushed after him and i tapped his elbow and i said excuse me mr smullian I, I just wanted to meet you i go my name's guy relford mm-hmm. uh i have a show on saturdays called, called <laughs> on the, your radio call, station i'll on, on, on call yeah. the gun guy show and he smiles he shakes my hand and he says well thank you for your business oh <laughs> and i went no, no, no. You pay me. <laughs> I, I, you pay me to do it. So he thought I was one of the pay-to-play guys yeah. that you know that pay for airtime on the weekends. I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, you pay me for a show. And he's like, and he looks me up and down and goes, really? Oh. <laughs> well, we can change that rather quickly. You know, yeah, exactly. you know what the thing is? You know that old, old sort of saying that you don't, you're not having success in radio unless you get a bunch of complaints and they're coming across mm-hmm. and it gets to the, yeah. the, the top. You know, yeah. you're not doing your job. Are you super I saw, successful? <laughs> nah, I, saw, I saw Jeff at Zubilation a couple of years ago and he's like, man, I just got to tell you, uh-huh. you know, uh, between, between me and Rick and, and Pat Walsh, mm-hmm. you know, I hardly ever get any complaints about you guys, so I appreciate that. And I go, wait a minute. Wait. That means I'm not doing my job. Oh, no. I, I, I kind of look downtrodden a little bit. He goes, Nigel, that whole thing is a myth. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, the less I have to worry about it. Because when it gets to Jeff, when mm-hmm. there's a problem that we cause on this level. And to it get gets up to, to the seventh <laughs> floor? Yeah. Yeah, you know your PETA level is pretty high at that point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, so maybe I need to do more to get to uh, to our, our, our new uh, leader's desk. Well, you know, uh, I hadn't... Uh, I hadn't complaints. I hadn't been here very long, only six months before... He sold the radio station, yeah, yeah. and I had been in the elevator with him a few times, but I didn't know that was him. Yeah, you know, we kind of looked at each other. And, he, well, it was mostly me looking at him, like, I wonder if that's him. Is that him? Because I'd never been formally introduced yeah. to him, and uh, then when uh, you know I met him for the interview, oh yeah, that was him in the elevator. It was a hell of a party too. After yeah. he got married in the early two thousands, he, yeah. he had a, a, a reception at his house, and there mm-hmm. was like buses and shuttles going back and forth to his house, and he had Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins play live. Fantastic! It was incredible. So you went to it, yeah, and you. you you, oh, load, yeah. you load up you yeah. have a couple cocktails of course i did hey kevin had some cocktails last night and we were a uh, guy and i were talking about you earlier before you got in here um he's he's hanging just a tad this a little, morning. really a little bit yep. dehydrated over there kevin yeah i'm drinking my water i'm hanging in there i also took some aspirin this morning did, so that helps did the show go out yesterday you guys were hanging around the building afterwards for a little while after uh yeah rob guys... and kevin and allison and i we went to uh we went to a 
Really? A, an establishment oh, okay. after the show. Uh, well, you know, Rob's gone for a couple weeks until the new year. He had a private little uh, party that well, you didn't know what? It was, it was going to be super private, Nigel. I wasn't even invited <laughs> until five, five minutes minute. before we walked out. By the way, Nigel, uh, we'll see if I got this right or not. We were talking to Kevin about hangover cures. Yeah. You know, I was saying hydrate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and take a couple aspirin. I said, by the way, if, if Hammer and Nigel were in here, I know what they would tell you to cure a hangover. And, and I want to know if I got it right. Well, uh, Wait, what's the cure, Nigel? The what, hair of the dog. I nailed it. I said, I said, Hammer and, I, Hammer and Nigel will tell you to keep drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some beer back in their fridge if, you, if there, you're really there hurting. Is, there's, I could get you a shot of whiskey right now. There's plenty. I mean, there's a big old wet bar back there. I like, might have to pick you up on that offer. <laughs> so, Nigel, I yes. wanted to go through some of this with you. These are the top 10 American Christmas traditions. Ah, okay. Let's see how many of these you do is around Is that this your weekend? House. Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> yes. what, what day is this? Yes. Okay. It is this weekend. Uh, pick out a Christmas tree, live or artificial? Oh, artificial, please. Artificial. I, can't, I don't huh? have time to. I, I, I can't you do know, it. Have you ever cut down? No. No, not no, even no, when no, the no. kids were little? Littler? No, littler? no, no, no. It's always been, you pack it up and put it down in the basement. Mm-hmm. I yeah, saw somebody uh, actually cleaning their Christmas tree. That with seems what? With like a vacuum? they put it in the bathtub and no! wet it down. Yeah, oh, really? Cleaned it, and the water <laughs> turned all brown. Of course. I thought if you're at the point where you have to give your tree a bath, maybe it's time for a new Christmas tree. Guy, I don't know about you, but when I was a bachelor, I had my first house on the west side, 46 in Eagle Creek Parkway, and I've lived with roommates for five years. Not once in those five years did we put up a Christmas tree or put up a single <laughs> Christmas light. Like in your years when you were you know, at college and, and roommates and dorms in your first oh, yeah. house, did you put in? Did you even bother with any sort of Christmas uh, uh, well, decorations? Yeah, yeah, well, then and, and during the 20 years I was single. Yeah. In mind. I was, I, I was yeah. single for I had this classic, like Charlie Brown kind of a oh, dilapidated a little thing looking, that I yeah. put up every year and with one little sad bulb on it. And uh, <laughs> I were, loved that thing. You were okay with it. Oh, that. I was absolutely. It was, we didn't I even do it. that. Okay, like, like literally from the years 2000 to 2006, mm-hmm. nothing at my house. But what about uh, watch a tree lighting ceremony? Do you ever do that? Like the one of Monument Circle here? Yeah, I brought my oh, yeah. kids here uh, a couple different times. We were lucky enough to have a great view off the third floor deck over mm-hmm. to the lighting of Monument Circle. Of course, yeah. Okay, do you decorate your house? With lights? Do the I? outside? Uh, <laughs> do, <laughs> no, we, we, does anyone? We did, for the first time ever, we paid uh, this guy, Nick. He's really mm-hmm. good to just do a very simple uh, You have a guy for everything, don't you? I don't have a guy for everything, but this is this guy got recommended to us. He was really good. And it's just sort of like a really simple lighting mm-hmm. across the gutters in the front and the top of our house. Does he come so, and yes. take it down as well? Yeah. So, Perfect. So he'll take it down in like uh, the end of January. Secret like Santa gift exchange. Yeah, we did one with my wife's. Uh, uh, all their friends last weekend is like last weekend. Is of the that when you got before. the coloring book? That's where we got the the the, Ma- the, the, the Walmart the people of Walmart, Walmart coloring book along with two forties of uh, Modelo beer. One more. Our, go ahead. Build a gingerbread house. No, I'm not no. doing that. I'm okay. Doing that. Kids you, did it, but I'm not doing that. What do you have coming up today? Lots of uh, weather coverage, okay? Yeah. Rob's, Rob Kendall's going to call in, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Kennett's filling everything you need to know about getting home safe today on the afternoon show with Hammer and Nigel. Perfect. Thank you, Nigel. This Welcome. is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Oh,